Oh, it's like when he comes close and licks you. Hey? I do that to my grandchildren. I love it. I grab them and I pin them down and I lick them. And they go, Aah. but when, when I'm finished, they're like, more gumpy, more. And the parents enjoy it because they're saving on water and washing their face. Um, yeah, so what we're going to do today is a little bit different. Um, but I want you to catch the heart of what the elders are going to speak about. It was this week where Andrew came and laid foundations for us to and put values into place. And so it's actually important to catch what Andrew had to say to us. He leads this uh, church. We are a congregation or a part of that church, but we really do need to catch Andrew's heart. So, Peter, who, who have you got there first? Donnie. Good morning, everybody. You guys get nervous when I take out notes, huh? Uh, yeah. Okay. Angelique, sign up. <laughs> All right. Now, so thanks for giving us the opportunity to share. Um, I, I think Roland was right when he said there's just, just an overflow. And I, I think the, the guys that have been the whole week, the, the, it must have just been amazing um, because we, we were there on Friday night and then the, the, yesterday morning and yesterday afternoon. And just the, what has been deposited, it's just confirmation of what God wants to do this year, and I'm very excited. Um, I'm really, really excited. And we all are aware of the, the, the 412 global, and, 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 and we know that scriptures, uh, I, I think I've given you that scripture, Ephesians 4, verses 11. And the topic of Ephesians 4 speaks about mat- maturity and bearing much fruit. That's the topic of that chapter. And that's where 412 um, out, of, out of that verse comes from, but I'm going to read from verse 11, and it says, um, so Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service. Say works of service. Uh, all year this morning. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Say built up. Until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and became mature, attaining to the whole me- measure of the fullness of Christ. And on Friday night, uh, Russell just said something that I was reminded of again. And, and if I had to ask you this morning, what is, the, what is one of the biggest miracles that, that can happen? What would your answer be? And, he, and, and, and yes, there's, there's different answers. And so there's salvation and all of this. And one of the things that he, that he mentioned that just stood out for me, the biggest miracle and the most beautiful thing to, um, is to see someone bearing fruit. Because that's the evidence of Christ in us. We were singing this morning, God is alive and active and He's in us. And, and, and that is the evidence. And that is one of the most beautiful things is, is when you see people bearing fruit. That is what we are here for that is what we come on a Sunday and we bring what God has laid on our hearts not just so that we can sit and fill the pew and leave here and go and do um, whatever we, we, we do during the week it's so that we can bear fruit and so that the kingdom of God can advance and that is why we yearn and so I want to encourage you with it I was reminded of that and that stood out for me 
And I'm so glad I'm sharing first because I hope you guys don't have the same points. But, um, but there was mention that we need to go from glory to glory. And uh, it's by His Spirit and not on our own strength. And God calls us to be faithful. And so how does that look for you? How, do, how are you growing by the fruits of the Spirit? And I was, there was a couple of years ago, I listened to somebody, and I don't know where he got it from, but he said something that really gripped my heart. He said, if, if you're not busy growing, you're busy dying. All right, and I want to add something to that. If you are only maintaining yourself to just carry on as you're carrying on, you're also busy dying. I found myself during COVID, sometimes I was in maintenance mode. And then I realized, but I'm, only going, I'm actually going backwards. I need to, I need to push in. and Because uh, I don't want to go back. God's kingdom is advancing. Roland said, if there's nobody following you, and who, who is following you, and who are you following? And so I, I want us to be reminded about that. And then God gave you everything that you need. If you this year this morning, you saved. God is alive and active in you. He gave you everything that you need. And uh, if you don't use what you have and you go into maintenance mode or you just like, I, I want to come to church, I want to come and sit and uh, after church I want to leave and I maybe want to go to comms on Wednesday and I'll maybe tithe and, and, and that's maintenance mode. No, those things are great. I look forward to Sundays, one of the best days of the week. I look forward to Wednesdays if I'm here, <laughs> if I'm not traveling. But, but what are you looking forward to? And are you growing in those times? And I just want to uh, finish off with this. Acts 2 verses 2. I want to encourage you with, with this story um, about the layman. And it says, and suddenly they came. No, is, is that the right one? Uh, okay. I gave you the wrong scripture there. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Go to verse 3? No, it's not the... No. No, 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 no. Okay, all right, sorry. I, I, I apologize for that. I made a mistake there. Um, but it's about, the story about the lame man that was carried to the temple gates. All right. And... No, sorry, I, I gave the wrong scripture there. Okay. Sorry? Different chapter. The story about the man that was carried to the gate. And, uh, and they carried him to the gate to go, uh, to go and beg at the gate for money. All right. And, and I was just looking at that scripture. And, and, I, and, I, and I think that for, for many of us, this man was born with legs. But he couldn't use them. And, uh, and I think for, for sometimes for us as Christians, when, when we gave ourselves and asked God to come and to come and be Lord of our lives. He's in us. He gave us everything that we needed. I mean, you're here this morning. How many of you were born with legs? How many of you were born with arms? Yes. And so, when you were born, the moment you were born, did you immediately start walking? Did you immediately start running? No. There was a time that you had to learn how to use it. And... Uh, it's not, you, you didn't buy your legs, you didn't rent your legs. It's not like a, who's all got iPhones here, iPads? Who's all, yeah, there's a couple of iPhone supporters here. If 
you buy an iPhone, it only lasts for two years and then you've got to renew the contract. No, <laughs> it's three years, okay. <laughs> but it's not like that. God gave us what we need. God gave us the legs. He gave us the arms. And, we've, and there's, a, there's a time that we learn how to use them. And, uh, and, and I want to encourage you this morning. God gave you everything that you need. The biggest thing for us is, as leaders of this church is to see people growing in the fruit of the Spirit. If you're not growing in those fruit, you will be at the gate begging. And, and one sign is that people get carried it says that you had to carry, be carried to the gate. One of the signs of fruit, if you're not growing in the fruit of the Spirit, one of the signs is that, is that you've got to constantly be followed up. Are you going to come to church? Are you going to come to, are you, it's like there's got to be a carrying. No, we look forward to come and be together with the people of God, right? Amen? We, that's, that's one of the things God called us. He said, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. The second thing is that, People that don't grow in the fruit of the Spirit, their mind is at the gate. Their seat might be in the church, but their mind is at the gate. So they're in the world. They're thinking of the things of the world. They're Facebook, and they're distracted by all these things. And not focusing, but how am I going to grow in the Spirit? I'm not saying those things are bad. We can use those things. But are we captivated by God and His kingdom, or are we captivated by the world? Things outside of His kingdom. And then, lastly... Beg God for things that are always secondary. If you're not growing in the fruit of the Spirit, you beg God for things that are secondary. But Donnie, what do you mean? This man that was lame, couldn't use his legs, Peter said to him, get up and walk. He didn't give him money or gold or anything. But what he did give him was God, what God gave him. And what he said is he got up and he leaped for God. And he went into the temple. He didn't go and leave. He went into the temple. He leapt for God. And what happened? People got saved. So what he wanted and what God gave him, God gave him what would glorify God. And people got saved. And I want to encourage you with that this morning. Grow. Push yourself to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. God is alive and active in each and every single one of us. And that is what I got away from this, Roland, and I want to encourage you all with this, um, that that is the biggest thing that we want for each and every single one, because God has placed us in this community, not just to maintain ourselves, but to grow in the fruits of the Spirit, to be effective, and to see this congregation grow. And I'm amazed at what happened in Josh Jen over this period of the last two years. We doubled in the amount of churches, almost doubled. We were over 400 elders at the elders' meeting over the weekend um, that was there. Before COVID, it was 200 elders. And so we, we even doubled in elders in our church. Can you, can you believe that? Praise God. <laughs> All right. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. Continue to fill yourself with God. Continue to grow in the fruits of the Spirit. And... Uh, because God is alive and active, and He's got a purpose for each and every single one of you. Amen? All right. Who's next here, Peter? Yeah, Andre. Listen, I don't want a message. You can check the preacher. He's a preacher. That's why I'm telling him that. All right. No, it will be quick. 
Um, morning, guys. So, my, the message that the thing that I got out of this whole weekend was it's actually a very simple message, but it was so profound for me. Um, Andrew used the sentence, "Don't put up fences, dig wells." So this morning I read a story. So if you know farming in South Africa, sorry, Luke. <laughs> okay, so if you know farming in South Africa, we usually have large farms, and then we we keep the animals in with fences so that they don't wander off. But I actually this morning I read a story about the outback in Australia where the farms are so big that they just dig for, for water, for good clean water, and then the cattle and the animals, the farm animals, will actually stay there because in nature helps, I don't know, oh, helps the, 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 um, the animals to to realize that they need to stick close to water. And so have you ever realized how animals find water? Like they just do. And so there's this natural instinct of them. And then, and so Andrew said, don't put up fences, dig wells. And that's for, for, for in the eldership context, leading a church, it's easy to go and, and, and tell you guys, don't do this, do this, and, and give you a lot of boundaries with, with which you can stay in and that's good boundaries is a good thing but in my life i'm i'm convicted that i need to i need to dig more wells and that wells that you dig is actually you dig into the living water um, that is your quiet times that is the times where you spend with the lord and if you find that you do that well you do, you dig the well well you actually find yourself that the boundaries are there at a far distance and you don't even you don't even know about them because you want to be here so i want to encourage you guys and i'm actually going to end with this i want to encourage you guys if you're a com leader don't make rules for the people make sure that your well is dug deep if you're a parent don't Obviously, we must put boundaries there for our children. Our children are not automatically saved. I can say from my two-year-old. She tests the boundaries. But even if you're a parent, dig the well deep. Dig into God. And, and even in your own life. It's easy that we can start to, 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 uh, to wander around the fences. And, and you, you walk in, okay, I'm, I'm not allowed to go there. I know I'm not allowed to go there. But stay away from it completely. Go to the well. That's my message. Start to look. Yeah, Andre, I didn't hear you about digging a well for your wife. <laughs> Husbands, it is our responsibility. I found in many households, it's actually the wife digging the well for the husband. It's the wrong way around. Husbands, we need to dig those wells. We really do. I was actually going to preach this morning on digging wells. And so I'm glad I didn't. I can help you, Andre, next week on how to dig a well. Is Luke next? Guys, this is my very first preach. I'm going to ignore that. I'm still taking it as a preach. <laughs> I did show you for today. Had to look presentable. 
have to find where I was. He's not wrong. <laughs> See, I was gonna talk. <laughs> I was gonna talk about that, and so I'm gonna try and add on to what he said. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, so along with along with digging deep wells, right? Um, a lot of people like, and this is this is everybody in the church. We always feel like we're burning out from doing stuff. Like you become so busy, and then. Like, I've got to stop coming to church for a while, or I can't be at comp for this, or whatever reason I can't. I need to stop bad practice, because, like, things are getting too busy. Life is getting too busy. Um, I just had a baby, so now it's a bit... Things are busy, so I can't come in beyond sound anymore. <laughs> I just got a new job, so, like, um, it's keeping me out now, because, like, I'm working from this time till this time, so I can't get to come anymore, or can't be at church because I have to work on a Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to say blah, 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 but you get what I'm saying, right? The, the gist of it. Um, and if you feel attacked at the moment, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> come and chat to me afterwards or come and chat to Roland afterwards. Um, but what, what Andrew was saying was, like, if you get to that point in your life, like, where are you drawing your, where are you drawing your, um, your strength from? Are you still digging from the wells or are you using your own strength now to, to carry you through the day? Um, the first question I ask people is like, what is your quiet time like? Are you having quiet time? When last did you have quiet time? Are you spending time with God? Like last week Roland spoke about being quiet before God. And that's the big question. Like, are you even being quiet before God or are you just going through the ritual now of, I've got to read my Bible. So I read these two chapters and that was it. Like, you don't even feel God speak to you in reading those chapters anymore because it's just it's become the rituals of things. I've got to come to come because my com leader said com, I must come to come. So I'm, I'm still within the boundaries, but like, am I close to the well or am I just in the boundaries? Um, and so that was a really big thing for me because, again, we, we talk about, and like, we got to the end of last year and everybody was like tired from the year. COVID has been horrible lockdowns have been horrible and we're all going through all of these things but then like where are the wells have we been digging into the wells or have we been digging wells or have we just been like maintaining and trying to keep going because that's what we're supposed to do um and th an important thing is that like are you going to get to heaven doing that probably but what is your reward going to be in heaven is there a reward for us just because we've like skimmed through or what is it going to be? Um, that was the one part that stuck out for me. The other part that was really, really good was, um, I didn't give you the scripture. It's Romans 5 verse 10. Um, and there was a prophetic song that, that, that came out over the weekend. And the song was, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. So like, who are the enemies? What are the enemies? The enemies are our flesh. Like our fleshly desires, our wants, our needs, that is what God's enemies are. Um, the scripture says, for if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? And so there's this constant warring going on in your life. It's the parts of me, my flesh that I want, and it's warring with the spirit of God that wants everything in your life. You know what I mean? It's gone very quiet now. Um, 
So I'm going to land here. First time I can say that also. <laughs> so yeah, what are like... Oh, this is one other thing. So you can stand here so long. Roland also says this. You can stand here so long. <laughs> I'm just stealing all these lines. Um, darkness and light can't exist in the same room. And you know what are the dark rooms in your life. You know which areas of your life God has complete control over. All of us have it. For some people, it's a major thing. For other people, it's a small thing like telling a lie or letting a word slip here or there. A, a rude word, not, a, not just in, you know what I mean. Um, so like, what do you still need to give up to God? That, that's ultimately what the question is. And are you prepared to give it up so that God can have it all? That's my landing. Good for a first preach, Luke. You know what the biggest mistake preachers make is they try and go on for too long. They actually say what they need to say, but then they pad it with a whole lot of stuff. We need to get on with what God wants us to say. Anyway, hiya, and you're hungry. I just want to introduce you. This beautiful, this beautiful couple, that's, that's not him. Um, they're all the way from Bloemfontein, and it's a real delight to have you guys with us this morning. Thanks so much, Roland. Appreciate it. It's lovely being with you guys. Um, it's not, uh, it doesn't have, happen often when I want to say, I can't wait to go back to Bloom. This, this heat is like, I don't know. I don't know. Bloom is hot, but it's not that hot. Eh? Uh, anyway, it's lovely being here with, with you. Where's your Andre now? I just saw him just now. He was here. He probably saw that I'm going to speak now, so he ran away. But Yandre uh, and Anita are very good friends of ours, and I'm actually staying with them now. And uh, I used to cycle with Yandre, which is, um, I don't know if he still cycles, but uh, we used to cycle. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I really enjoy cycling a lot. And in Bloemfontein, there's, a, there's like a wildlife estate. It's a very popular area in Bloemfontein where there's beautiful houses, a lot of single tracks, those of you who are into cycling, uh, a lot of single tracks and it's like, you know, beautiful trees, wildlife. It's a very beautiful area to ride in. So in a, in a sense, there's not a lot to do in Bloom. So that's my, you know, when I, it's my after, I just go to, to, it's called Woodlands. So I just go to Woodlands and I just cycle a bit there. And I remember this one day, I cycled in this one little single track and I mean, there are beautiful houses, like double, triple story houses, massive houses. But there was this one, hey, here, here we go. You remember those cycling days, Andre? Anyway, uh, so I remember this one day I was cycling in this little route and there was this house, but it was no roof on, uh, the walls were falling down. And you could clearly see there's no one living in this house anymore. And it wasn't like, it was almost like a strange scenery for me because you get this beautiful wildlife estate beautiful houses and then suddenly there's this house that just doesn't make sense the roof is out it almost looks like a dangerous place to live in and it almost came as a shock to me because i realized as churches we can sometimes live in very dangerous houses like that and I mean, if I'm the owner of that house, I don't want to live there. It's like, man, it's going to be scary. There's no electricity. There's nothing happening there. And I think when it comes to God, I think He wants to dwell with us. 
He doesn't want to live in a house that looks like that. He wants a beautiful house where he wants to dwell, where he wants to live. And, I, and I'm really just reflecting over this last week or so, spending time with Andrew and Roland and some of the other elders, that, man, God wants his house. Let me rephrase that. I have to write it down. That's what Andrew said. We build God's house for his presence. We build God's house for his presence to dwell in. We don't just build a house to make it look nice from the outside when people drive through Brockenfell like, oh, that's a beautiful church. But in the inside, it's actually cracked. There's faulty foundations, no electricity. That's not a place where we want to live in. We need to create a place where God wants to dwell. And there's a scripture in Ephesians 2, verse 21 to 22. I don't know if it's possible for you to get it. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 21 and 22. Just quickly want to read this and show this to you. You getting it? You guys are quick, eh? Well done. Ah, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Ephesians verse 21. Can you get verse 21? Sorry, I, I really just wanted to read this to you. Thank you so much. Listen to this. Eh? This is really life-changing. It's in Him, in Jesus, the whole building is joined together. And uh, Go back. <laughs> there we go, there we go. All right. So in Jesus, <laughs> don't touch the laptop now. <laughs> in Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Just keep that up. We are becoming a holy temple for God. It's not like we're not perfect. So, I mean, who of you are perfect? None of us are per- uh, Roland is, uh, <laughs> do you agree, Patty? <laughs> So that, ma- that marriage course, you're, you guys just need to be there. But it's in Jesus that we are becoming perfect. So we come to church broken, a lot of insecurities, and God makes us perfect. So we are becoming a, a place uh, where God wants to dwell. And I'm running ahead now. In 22, it says, And in Him, you, that's us, me and you, not you as an individual, it's actually you as plural, you, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. So I'm thinking about this house, this broken house. Man, someone just need to get in there, rebuild it, and someone can live there. And that is what, that is what God does with us. He builds us into one another to become a place where God wants to dwell. I mean, that's, what, that's why we are here this morning. That's why we're meeting throughout the week. It's, we, are, we are a place where God wants to dwell with us. And that's really so encouraging for me, just taking, you know, we call it a takeaway from the week, is we build God's house for His presence. We build God's house for His presence. We don't build crowds. We don't build numbers. Although it is important, but it's not like the measuring stick. We don't build crowds. We build God's house. We build God's house. That's the point. And... To make it practical, practical, I think it's important that we, we realize that 
whatever we do, we either build or we destroy. And I'm speaking church now. When you come to church, when you meet with people throughout the week, when you're at your workplace, when you're at home, you either build God's house or you damage God's house. So when you're tempted with sin, when you're tempted to gossip about someone, when you're tempted to slander someone, when you're tempted with whatever, you've got an opportunity to either build God's house, build His house, or destroy it. And when we build it, we are building a place where He can come and dwell. I mean, who doesn't want to be in a church that every time you meet, His presence is with you, man. His presence is with you. You just know that He's working in your heart. People are getting convicted of sin. People are changing and never the same anymore because God is working. Man, and that's the church that I want to be part of, man. Just the way God dwells. Where God dwells. And that's what I just wanted to share because God is coming back for His, his church. God is coming back for His bride. That day is drawing near. Who knows when it is? But, I, man, I wish it's, it's, it's soon, you know? And we've got an opportunity now to prepare ourselves for Him to dwell within us. And, I mean, I, I, I trust that this is encouraging. It's so a reality to our lives as well. You get tempted with whatever sin that is out there. You know, life is busy. Work happens. There's so much things happening. And we always need to make a decision that we're going to build God's house and not destroy it. So I trust that it will encourage us this morning. Thanks, Thanks Shandra. Okay, my wife is going to come up now. And she's going to come up under submission. I am perfect. I am perfect. Just to start with, I just want to say that whenever I stand here and speak, it is always under submission of our eldership team, all of them. And I only speak because my husband has asked me to. Um, this is for our elders or whoever the elders feel for, needs to be sharing. So whenever I share... Please understand that I'm under the eldership's authority. I never want to step out of that space because that's not what God has graced me as a woman with. And if I do this in my own strength and in my own wanting to be heard or wanting to have a voice, that's not going to go well with God. So my heart is in submission to my husband, and to even Johandre, who is only 28. I'm in submission to Johandre. Okay, so we started off on Tuesday. We went to the Directing Elders Time, which started the conference. And I expected, I'm always very expectant when I go there, anything can happen. You could be told you're moving to Timbuktu. Or Bloemfontein, they're wanting an older couple in Bloemfontein, are you? <laughs> you, you? We never know what to expect. But this time when we got together, there was just this weightiness of, God, what do you want? And we just started with worship and with prayer, and the Holy Spirit just started to speak. 
And do you know that that whole directing elders' time, very little time was, it's the elders that direct the affairs of the church, that's what they are. Well, we didn't direct much affair, any of the affairs of the church because the Holy Spirit just came and spoke and just gave vision. And the thing that really came through strongly for me in that time was that we cannot do this in our own strength. First of all, the elders cannot lead Josh Jen in their own strength. And that we cannot lead you in our own strength. And that you cannot lead your communities in your own strength. And that fathers, you cannot lead your family in your own strength. And moms, you can't lead your children in your own strength. And it can't, all boils down to Romans 8.14, which says, actually also 13. Oops. Okay, I can't change those. But because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And the whole thing that came through in those first few sessions was we cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. And none of us can do this Christian life without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. That we are not led in our flesh, but that we are led by the Spirit of God. And I was reminded during that time of Joshua when Joshua is feeling he needs to be bold and courageous and take the promised land. And he's feeling like, whoa, I can't do this. And God says, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. It's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of God that we meet together. And that is what I want to just, for all of us, it's not just for the leaders and the elders of Josh Jen. It's for every single one of us that in our daily walk with the Lord, we have to be led by the Spirit of God. You're not going to clap for me. That's because you picked on me. For me, one of the most profound things that Merva said on the first night was something I'd never thought about before. In Josh Jen, we often speak of repentance. And uh, Andrew spoke about we need to be John the Baptist type people. And what was the message that John the Baptist came with? Is it coming? Matthew 3 and verse 1, it says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Guys, I've so often spoken about repentance and what it means and how it changes your life. Repentance is a change of heart and a change of mind. We're going away from God and we turn when we repent and we move towards God. But for me, it's always been John the Baptist, repent, repent, repent. And then Merva said this thing. It's like, wow, 
Can you go to the, the next scripture there, Peter? John the Baptist does not only have a ministry of repentance. He says, repent so that you can be whole. Repent. There's purpose in repenting. It's so that you may be whole, that Jesus can become your focus. Because without repentance, there cannot be a focus on Jesus. And I just thought, that is amazing. I've never thought of John the Baptist as come and behold. And so he says, look, the Lamb of God. And then in the New Testament, we see Acts 3.19 where it says, Repent then and turn to God, so that's what repentance is, so that your sins may be wiped out. Guys, that's what happens when you repent. Your sins are wiped out. It's like a teacher at the blackboard. All the stuff is wiped out. And what happens when we, that stuff is wiped out? Times of refreshing come. Guys, we need times of refreshing. We need, just think about where you are right now and the heat. We need to be refreshed. Gary said you can all go to his house. He's got a swimming pool. And if you can't fit in there, you can go to Donnie. And if you can't fit in there, you can go to Andre. Oh, Leon and Tim. Whoa, we've got a refreshing bunch of guys here. Eh? You, you can't come to my house because I only got a jacuzzi and two of us fit in it. Yeah, you have a shower if you can't find a pool. But guys, we need refreshing. And the only thing that will get us to a place of refreshing is when we find ourselves in a place of repentance. What do you want? You got your hand back for your birthday. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm trusting God. All these different things. The presence of God. Being led by God. Led by the Holy Spirit. Andre, you're doing a good job there. Uh, but you know what? God, I am going to be dissatisfied if I come here on a Sunday and there's no presence of God. If I come to come on a Wednesday night and there's no presence of God. When I go and visit someone, they've got a problem and they've asked for our help, we go there and we try and fix it in our, pre in our strength. We go in the presence of God to fix that stuff. So I wonder if I saw Andre had a nice message about the marriage course. Can you come up here? I want you to share that. Andre's done the course about 10 times. Hello. Um, so I just really, over the weekend, just felt in my heart just to, about the marriage course. Um, we've had the privilege of doing it with Mac and Nadine, and it's, you know, it, it was just such an amazing time of, like, I'm not a course person. I don't do courses and structure. And um, so when our elders told us, listen, we'd really appreciate if you guys could do the course, like, it will be helpful for you. We, 
we actually jumped at it, not because we thought we needed it, but because our leadership felt, listen, it will be good and beneficial for you guys. Um, and it was such a time of just learning about my spouse, like actually why does she respond in certain ways, why doesn't she? Um, and it just gave so many tips on, on how to make our marriage more fun. Um, and overall, the course was actually just really a time of fun and learning. Um, so I think I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't registered, like, do it. Um, the thing I felt yesterday was actually to ask yourself, is my marriage worth investing in? Um, and it is. So please, if you haven't registered, do it. It will be fun. I promise there's this. Um, there's something really fun that they do in the course. And when you go to the course, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You've got to go to the course to find out. Um, just one more thing that I want to share, um, and it's not about the marriage course. Um, just something that I've had in my heart this morning is actually for our elders, like to honor you guys. Um, this was the hottest weekend in Cape Town. Um, and I mean, for some of you, you've been at Provence on Tuesday. Um, these guys literally gave up their whole weekend, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Um, and I always thought like, yo, I wonder what goes down at these meetings. Like, because we all know elders don't really work. It's, so is it sushi platters and like what actually happens there? And I had some insight that it, uh, there's no sushi platters. Um, the, the reason they go to these meetings is for us, is actually so they can help us better. And I thought like you've got amazing guys like Roland, um, Andrew, like surely they don't need training. Surely they know what to do but yet they sacrifice their weekends so that they can be better in making us better. So for all our elders, I actually just want to honor you guys and say we really appreciate you giving up your weekends for us. I wonder if we could just bow our heads. We've spoken about the fact that we want to build a house that is full of the presence of God. And this morning, maybe it's been a little different, but you know what? The presence of God is not too caught up in the, in the content of the thing, but He's here because hearts are submitted to Him. And maybe you here yeah, this morning and you've come because you have a need. You felt God's hand this morning as we've worshipped, as people have said different things. And you're sitting here this morning thinking, man, I'm not in a good place. There may be those that have never surrendered their life to Jesus. There may be those that have found themselves in a place of having been in a relationship with Jesus, but now no longer walking with him, no longer digging wells, no longer following after Jesus. And so I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you feel that you're in that place, I wonder if you could put up your hand and we would love to pray with you. We don't want you to go through this on your own. We want to stand alongside you and help you to move through this. So if you're in that place this morning, I wonder if you could just stick your hand up so that we can pray with you. Is there anyone like that? 
some ladies, please, if you could gather around Michelle there. And there's a young lady over here. Yes, Lord, you are working. You're working, Lord. You ministered to us because you love us. You just want to come and lick us all over our faces this morning. You want to be so close to us. And we want to respond this morning and say, Come, Lord Jesus. Come. At the end of the Bible, the end of the book of Revelation. That is the cry. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And so if, if you are like that this morning, still, I, I don't want to rush. If there's anyone that feels they would like prayer, put your hand up. Maybe you just feel that lately it's been difficult for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to have some worship now. Not for too long, but more, more worship than praise. I want you just to examine your heart this morning. Say, Lord, are you content with the place that I'm at? Speak to me, Lord. So let's do that. And when we, when we finish, please don't rush off. There's tea and coffee at the back to cool you down. But my, my youngest son had this theory, and I've tried it, and it actually works. He said, Dad, when I'm really hot, I drink a really hot cup of tea, and I get cooler. So I, I was like, you know what happens is it makes you sweat. And then you actually start to feel cooler because of the sweat. So don't rush off. Come cool down at the tea and coffee at the back. Thanks, Luke. Maybe we can stand up.